Jiminy Crickets. Jiminy Cricket is the name. I'm a happy-go-lucky fellow, always getting in wrong for singing my song. A merry old soul am I. Jiminy Cricket is the name. I'll be hanging around this evening. I'll be tipping my hat and telling you that Jiminy Cricket is the name. Hello, Cricketeers, and welcome to the June 2020 edition of Dateline Jiminy Crickets. How are you doing, Ruthie? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you? I'm doing very well. And we decided to go back to our original news format for this episode because while we took two months off from doing the news, we built up a back catalog of a ton of news stories and there's actually a lot of good news about the parks for us to talk about. So we thought it would be a good idea to do the news again for this episode. And uh, we're going to talk about the reopening of the parks. And we're going to talk about some different uh, movie related stories. And we're going to talk about some more Disney Plus stories. And then we have some special this and that bonus stories to round out the episode. And we also have another special top ten list. But before we get to that, we want to do our little shameless plug segment here. And first and foremost, we want to remind you all that we are on Patreon. And Patreon helps support all of our many worldwide web endeavors from this podcast you're listening to and watching right now to my website, DisneyChris.com and our other podcast, which is just called Jiminy Crickets and it's an audio podcast. And if you help support us via Patreon, even with a small donation, we will in turn provide you with special rewards every month, including uh, a collection of audio which is from my Disney song of the day for each month and we do uh, commentary videos where Ruthie I and Brian Crawford I said that weird Ruthie Brian Crawford and I <laughs> do a uh, overdub of a classic Disney cartoon and then a classic episode of the Disneyland TV series where we sort of do a running commentary. And then last but not least, we also have a bonus uh, podcast just for our supporters called Down the Rabbit Hole. So it's mutually beneficial to be a Patreon supporter. And to support us on Patreon, you can go to uh, www.patreon.com slash and another way you can help support us is through our merchandise. And we have a special merchandise store where we sell stickers, notebooks, t-shirts, mugs, and not pictured here. We also have uh, bags, tote bags, 
uh, water bottles and a few other goodies. And uh, all things are available in two designs, either our DisneyChris.com uh, compass design or our Dateline Jiminy Crickets logo with Jiminy Crickets hat, gloves, and umbrella. And uh, all proceeds support the Disney Chris website and our podcast. And to get to our store, you can go to uh, jcpodcast.threadless.com. We also have an Instagram and our Instagram is DisneyChris underscore JC underscore podcast. And I share a lot of beautiful pictures there all the time. And I also use it as another way to update you on all the current happenings on my website and with our podcast. I just recently posted a bunch of pictures for Donald Duck's birthday, which was just a couple days ago before we were recording this. He just turned... Uh, 86 years young <laughs> and he's still as quackable as ever yep we're also on facebook and uh, we have a facebook group which is called the jiminy crickets podcast and if you join us you can also stay abreast with all of the things happening and it's also a fun way to uh communicate with other cricketeers and then um as i mentioned we have another podcast called Down the Rabbit Hole on our Patreon. And also, for those who support us with PayPal, they're also available for those su supporters. And Down the Rabbit Hole, how would you describe that, Ruthie? It's kind of like a, we just pick a topic and we kind of have like a free flow conversation just about our thoughts and you know we get a little bit more um open about how we're feeling about certain things because we know it's not going to be you know all over um all of all it's over a little all more social media exclusive. areas and stuff like that right it's just exclusively for our uh, patreon subscribers so you guys right. can hear our real feelings <laughs> i don't know i'm pretty real as it is yeah. I, I have well, trouble hiding my true feelings. That, yeah. <laughs> we talk about some topics that we wouldn't normally talk about. Right. More podcast. controversial things. Yeah. Well, not yeah. like majorly controversial, but, you know, like Song of the South, for example, is something we might bring up over there. Right. Uh, we Jiminy have not Crickets, talked about that yet. Uh, Jiminy Crickets is our uh, regular original podcast, which is an audio podcast. Some of the episodes will get posted to our YouTube channel, but if uh, we don't post them to our YouTube channel, we do have a, another place that you can listen to them. Sometimes we're not able to post them on YouTube because of copyright audio content. So uh, if you are able to uh, listen on our website, that's probably the preferred way. And we have, um, here's our most recent and upcoming shows on our regular audio podcast. We did a March episode for the 70th anniversary of Cinderella. And we did an extensive two-part uh, history of Country Bear Jamboree. A total of six hours of Country Bear Jamboree information. With lots of audio, lots of music, and that's 
half of the show is music, so... Yeah, not us talking for six yeah, hours. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's a lot of music, too. Yeah. And uh, it's a two-parter. So that sort of counted as our April and May episode, because we had two of them. And then coming at the end of this month, June 2020, we're doing a special episode on the history and the overall experience of the Rivers of America in the Disney parks. And that will be just in time for the 4th of July. Sort of a patriotic topic in a roundabout way. Now again, if you want to listen to our shows that we're not able to post on YouTube, you can go to jcricketspodcast.blogspot.com and all of our episodes, all 125 of them, and soon to be 120, well I guess it's 123 and soon to be 124, are on there, plus a lot of other bonus things that we've included over there over the years, so you can find it all over there. We also want to give a shout out to the Roarbots. They also host our podcast on their platform, and it's just a sort of a celebration of geek culture. Not just Disney, but all manner, like comic books, superheroes, uh, what else is considered geek culture? Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Marvel, Marvel, Star Wars, Wars, uh, Japanese, Japanimation. All things of that nature. It's all there, including Disney. And we provide a lot of the, probably the lion's share of the Disney content over there on the Roarbots. Now, I also want to mention my website. Excuse me. I uh, have a website, if you're not aware, called DisneyChris.com. And I have a lot of fun things over there if you want to go check it out if you haven't already. But I'm just going to mention two of the most popular things. First of all, I have a Disney song of the day. Every day, 365 days a year, and in this case, 366 days, since it's a leap year, and uh, I post a special song for the day. And then you can go back and listen to the past songs Oh, that I keep them in a back catalog for the past three years. So you can go listen to all those songs. There's hundreds of them. And sometimes the song is themed to whatever time of year it is. For example, I just completed a 10-day tribute to Donald Duck for his birthday. And starting in a few days, I'm going to have an 8-day salute to Dad for Father's (laughs) Day. And I have Christmas songs during the, ho- the holiday season and Halloween songs in October. So it's a fun way to, to pass the year. But probably the most popular thing is my Magical Audio Tour, which is a collection of 27 chapters with uh, over 1,850 audio tracks and growing that you can listen to from Disneyland. So we're done with our shameless plugging, Ruthie. Should we move on? (laughs) Yes, let's go. All right. We have, before we get started, a very special announcement. Dateline Jiminy Crickets proudly endorses Concierge Vacation Planners, a Disney-authorized specialty vacation planning service. Concierge doesn't just book your trip. 
They walk you through the entire process, helping you plan out every detail one-on-one -on -one, to make the very most out of your vacation while saving you both time and money. And the best part is they charge nothing for their services. You will get the exact same pricing as if you booked your vacation directly through Disney. But in using Concierge's expertise, you've got the added bonus of having your very own personal Disney Guru Planner by your side. Both Ruthie and I are also satisfied customers, and we just can't recommend them enough. Visit their website at www.concierge.com. That's www.concierz.com, as in mouse ears. So when you book your next Disney vacation, be it Walt Disney World, Disneyland, the Disney Cruise Line, or many of the other Disney destinations available worldwide, contact Concierge Vacation Planners, and be sure to tell them Disney Chris sent you. We have a top 20 this time because we couldn't narrow it down on the topic we chose to cover so we decided to just not even try to narrow it down and do a top 20 instead and what we're gonna do what I tell everybody what the topic is Ruthie so we decided to talk about our top uh, Disney parks audio animatronic characters that were created specifically for the park right no existing ip characters we can include existing characters and i'll explain that as we get to it <laughs> <laughs> but we cannot include a care a fictional character from an existing ip outside of the parks and then the other thing is we can include, we decided to include extinct attractions as well as current attractions. Yeah. So there's a few characters that don't exist anymore. But So uh, we're going to do a top 20, David Letterman style, starting with 20 and then working our way up to number one. So... Why don't you go first, Ruthie? Who is our first character? Our first audio animatronic character is from Spaceship Earth, and it is the Go-Go Scientist. Yes, everybody <laughs> has a lot to say about our groovy 70s scientist in the computer <laughs> lab. Now, she was it's a not... very colorful lab there, too. <laughs> yeah, she was not in the original incarnation of Spaceship Earth. They added her when they did the Dame Judy Dench update mm. to the attraction. Um, when did they add her? Like, in the early 2000s, I think? Like, 2005-ish? Sure. Well, whenever she start took over as the narrator, they... they completely redid the ending 
kind of starting at this point in the attraction. They added the computer lab scene, which you're, you see here. They added the garage scene where they show somebody building a computer in their backyard. That's supposed and to be like um, Steve Jobs. Steve and Apple. Jobs, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then what comes? There's another scene after that. And I can't oh, remember what it sure. is. But that was added. Whatever scene, I, I'm I'm having a brain freeze. But whatever scene they added after that, that was also added in the refurb. So they basically added three new scenes. But I would argue they flow seamlessly. They were done perfectly to to match the rest of the attraction, and they fit in perfectly. So she mm -hmm. was added, and it's supposed to sort of represent the 70s, and that's why she's dressed this way. Uh, mini skirt. Yeah, I don't understand the yellow tights, quite frankly. <laughs> but she's wearing high boots. That's why they call yeah. her the Go-Go Girl. That's sort of a nickname that the fan community has given her. She does. That's not her official name. I don't think she has a name. She's mm -hmm. just known as the Go-Go Girl with the afro and the big hoop earrings. And mm -hmm. <laughs> very... Very 70s. I could see Mary Tyler Moore walk out. It, oh, or yeah, Rhoda. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or Edith or, and Archie. Mm -hmm. Going, oh my, look at all the computers, Archie. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Edith. You. All right. <laughs> I love that show. Anyway, our next character. I have a little bit of a controversy regarding this character. I mentioned it to Ruthie a minute ago. Number 19 is the sea serpent. Serpent! 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 Remember that from <laughs> Alice in Wonderland? Yes. <laughs> I'm not a serpent! I'm a little girl! Little! Little! <laughs> anyway, uh, Everyone is always saying, oh, Mark Davis, he's the first Imagineer to ever put humor in a Disney attraction. Well, this sort of, this character completely puts that, that idea out of, like, it, it contradicts that idea completely. Because the Sea Serpent, I would argue, is the very first bit of humor in a Disney attraction. I mean, look at this character. That is humor. You, because yeah. the thing is, when you're going through, it's a punchline. Because when you're going through the attraction, you would see its tail, which was like, it went on forever. And then you were like, sort of trying to anticipate, what is this creature that we're... And then it ended up being, this was his face that you sort of saw at the end after passing by its long tail. So it sort of was a punchline to the joke. And then the captain would say, um, I think we've been submerged too long. It, it, <laughs> it was a joke. It was humor. So this was the yeah. first piece of humor, I feel, in a Disney attraction. So it was not Mark Davis who first put humor in a Disney attraction. I do not know the Imagineer who came up with the Sea Serpent, but I do know it was not Mark Davis because Mark Davis did not start working for Walt Disney Imagineering until after the submarine voyage had already opened 
because in 1959, when Submarine Voyage opened, he was heavily at work on 101 Dalmatians, animating Cruella de Vil, and he was also heavily at work working on Chanticleer, which was a animated feature that we've talked about before, Ruthie, and yep. uh, it never ended up getting made. But he was heavily engrossed in the animation side of things and not even thinking about Imagineering when Submarine Voyage opened. So mm-hmm. that puts that theory to rest. <laughs> <laughs> so who's our next character, Ruthie? Oh, our next character is another character from... Um, well, actually, no. This character, I almost said the wrong attraction. This character is from a an extinct attraction, a very beloved extinct instinct attraction. Instinctive attraction? What was that? <laughs> Instinctive attraction? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this character kind of um, became kind of like a um, model or a, you know, a well-known um, thought. When you thought of this attraction, you thought of this character. So this is the... Um, I, I call him the robot butler from Horizons, um, but he I think there's a that's couple of different robots in the attraction. But this one is the vacuuming robot. Yeah, I think the other robot is a chef. Yeah. So, so this one is a butler for sure. Yeah, he has like that vest and that bow tie, so you yeah. know, kind of. The other major robot in the scene has a chef's hat and he's cooking. So yeah, I would yeah. say he's a cook or a chef. But I feel like, um, well, this this was in a segment at the beginning of the attraction called Looking Back at Tomorrow, where they went through and showed what past generations thought the future was going to be like. And this was sort of the 1930s idea of what the future would be like. And uh, as you can see, it's a very Art Deco looking room. And there's a gentleman standing in the back wearing a smoking jacket. <laughs> He's got a butler. And they actually played the song Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow during this little part of the attraction. So, yeah, I would say out of all the characters in Horizons, this is probably the most remembered and most iconic. Yeah. Yeah. The robot butler. Mm-hmm. So our next character is also from Epcot, which is what Ruthie was trying to say before, yeah. but <laughs> she was jumping the gun. We do have a lot of Epcot characters, though. And yeah. we also, one other thing is we tried to narrow it down to one character. I think we only have one exception to that, but all the characters are clones of each other with our one exception. We'll get to that in a minute. But this character was in Kitchen Cabaret, and we felt like out of all the characters in Kitchen Cabaret, this was the one everyone probably remembers the most. And that is Broccoli in the Veggie (laughs) Veggie Fruit Fruit segment. I forget, I think it was called the Colander Combo. (laughs) They had two bands. They had the Crackpots, which were the condiments. Like they had a ketchup bottle, and you can actually see the mustard bottle here in front of the broccoli <laughs> guy. But they, so they had the kitchen crackpots band, and then behind them, they had the colander combo. And the broccoli was the one I think that went cha 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 
at the end of each. And I think his glasses, I don't remember, maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but I think his sunglasses flipped up when he uh -huh. said cha-cha-cha. He, they mm. would flip up and he'd go, cha-cha-cha, and then the glasses would come back down. <laughs> but they were sort of like a Latin band, and he was sort of in the middle and just sort of really goofy looking, and everyone sort of remembers the broccoli. So we thought that would be the best character to include from... Oh, did we say that we're only including one character from each you, attraction? You kind of just said it, but we didn't really explicitly say that yeah we we've set a rule that we can only include one character per attraction otherwise we'd have a bunch of country bears right the whole thing would be the country bear jamboree cast otherwise <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what's the next one ruthie the next one is the t-rex from prime evil world which is a segment at the end of the disneyland railroad right before you return back to your original um well if you get on at main street um and this is actually the original attract um this original edit audio animatronic was at the world's fair as well mm -hmm. yeah it's actually the original one i'm sure they replaced his skin over the years sure yeah but mm -hmm. it is the original robot and this is sort of cheating slightly because one could argue that this was inspired by the Rite of Spring segment from Fantasia. But mm -hmm. a dinosaur is not really an existing IP, so yeah. I bent the rules a little bit. But this exact same design was used when they created uh, the Universe of Energy in Epcot. In fact, they set up the staging of this scene identical with the Stegosaurus and the Tyrannosaurus Rex having a battle as the finale to the dinosaur segment at the Universe of Energy in Epcot. So he existed in two parks. He still exists in California. And it is uh, one of the oldest uh, animatronics because he is the original as far as I know. There's other ones mm -hmm. that existed, but they've been completely replaced with a new updated robotic version. But this one, I feel, is one, is still the original. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, again, a dinosaur is not an existing IP. I know they exist outside of Disney, and I know there was a Tyrannosaurus Rex in Fantasia, but give us a break folks <laughs> don't be like typing away in the comment section but wait a minute <laughs> yeah so the next character uh, another Epcot one another Epcot Buzzy from Cranium Command who was the victim of a, a robbery. Remember that story, Ruthie? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> they said he stole, they stole the whole thing, but apparently it was a rumor because they only, I think they only stole his jacket and yeah, or something. Yeah, And maybe something his hat. Else yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, he <laughs> was the host of a really cute show where you went inside a, the brain of a 12-year-old boy and you looked outside of his eyes to see what he was seeing, which were screens at the front of the theater, two, two 
eye-shaped screens, and then it sort of showed how the the body functions because all the different parts of the body were represented with different comedians that would come on different screens. Like they had Hans and Franz from Saturday Night Live as the heart. Remember mm. that? Because we're gonna pump you up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They had the adrenal gland, which was that guy from Ferris Bueller. You know, oh, the teacher? Bue Bueller, Bueller. Yeah, yeah he yeah. did the voice mm -hmm. of the adrenal gland. Yeah. Anyway, mm -hmm. it was a cute show. And we miss yeah. Buzzy. What's the next one, Ruthie? So we're going to another park. We're going to Animal Kingdom now. And yeah. we are talking about the Navi River, Navi River Journey. Mm, I'm having a hard time speaking tonight. <laughs> mm. But this is the amazing audio animatronic of the Shaman from Avatar. Right. And we have to represent her because this audio animatronic is just the top-notch high-class yeah, character. probably the most sophisticated AA yeah. figure ever created. Yeah. Um, now, I... I'm not familiar 100% with Avatar, but as far as I know and what I've been led to believe is even though she is based on the species from the movie Avatar, she is an original character just for the attraction. So that's why we, again, sort of bent the rules slightly and included yeah. her. I don't, um, I know they do have a character in the film that is supposed to be some sort of like a shaman type character, but it's, it's not exactly this character. So I'm not a hundred percent sure on that either. So I'm not really like, I don't know you guys, if you guys know, let us know. I, yeah. it's been a while since I've watched Avatar. So, right. I've never even seen it. So, <laughs> Okay, the next one is uh, Trader Sam from the Jungle Cruise. Now, it's funny because the face and actually the entire body of this gentleman was molded. Remember when we saw that? We watched that together, Ruthie, the opening of the, the pre-opening of Disneyland where they showed... Oh, yeah. They, an actual African-American gentleman was the model and they actually made a mold of his entire body and his face to create this character. And all of the jungle natives in the, the natives, Jungle Cruise yeah. mm -hmm. are all based on that same person. And if you look at him in the... If you watch... It's available on YouTube. And we did a commentary of it for um, our Patreon subscribers. But if you look on YouTube, it's called the Disneyland Pre-Opening Report. And it's an episode that aired just days before Disneyland opened. And they actually talk about this, this guy. And they show him. And they show the process that they did to make this character. And they actually, he had to like have a straw coming out of his mouth it was a whole ordeal <laughs> but to this day he's the model for all of the native african characters in the jungle cruise including trader sam there was a time for a while where he wore a mask do you remember that 
for yes, several yes, years he that. wore a mask, but they decided to remove it uh, after a while. And I'm glad they did because uh, he's sort of an iconic character because, I mean, everybody talks about him. And some of the best one-liners involve him because what happens is the boats often have to stop at this point yeah. to wait because it's near the end of the attraction and they have to sort of wait for the other boats in front of them to clear. So you're often pausing in front of Trader Sam. So they have all of these funny jokes that they tell. And the one that, of course, we all remember is he has a special sale today. Two of his heads for one of yours. For one of yours. Yeah. <laughs> and then I remember they also say, business has been shrinking lately. <laughs> so he's a he's obviously a voodoo uh person who shrinks heads yes. so not a hundred percent politically correct but folks it was made in the 50s what are you gonna do yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's completely harmless i feel yes yeah and i mean he's i mean he's African and he looks like an African there there's no stereotype I mean he this is what native Africans used to look like in fact a lot of them still do mm -hmm. so because they're you know living you know far from what we consider modern civilization I could would consider them to be more advanced than us because they don't worry about taxes or <laughs> right and they can uh, get by with rush hour like right exactly like, yeah they have tools and stuff that they've um, right they probably lead much happier lives than us in quote-unquote <laughs> right. modern society anyway who's the next character ruthie the next character is also uh, from walt disney world he's from the magic kingdom sunny eclipse what what restaurant is he at i forget um, the name of it uh, Starlight Rays oh, Cosmic yeah, yeah. Cafe or something like that. Yeah. It's where the Tomorrowland Terrace used to be, and they changed it to that when they remodeled Tomorrowland in the mid-90s, and they added him to the to the restaurant. And he's there so all, all the time. So all you have to do is just get some food and sit down, and he yep. his show comes on like, you know, every... Maybe it lasts like 20 minutes, and then... It um, stops for maybe like five minutes and then it starts back starts up over again. again all day. So you can walk yeah. in at any point. And uh, he's um, he's one of those things that people are. He's he's got like a huge fan base. A lot of people yeah. really love this mm -hmm. character. Yeah. Sort of got a cult following. Yep. And his music is a lot of fun, too. It's sort of a lounge yeah. singer type music. And he's funny. He has, like, yeah, jokes tells, and stuff like that. He tells corny jokes, yeah. Yeah, and I remember he's from You Nork. <laughs> yeah, and he actually sings a song based on that, yeah. <laughs> so our next character is also from Epcot. Quite it, beloved. Right. Figment, and he still is yes. in the attraction. His father figure, Dreamfinder, has been uh, kicked out. 
But Figment <laughs> is still around. He's been evicted. That's the word I was <laughs> yeah. looking for. I was like, what's that word? But yeah, Figment. We all know Figment. He's sort of the mascot and symbol of Epcot. So we had to have him high on the list. Yeah, I love Figment. He's so cute and he's funny. He has like a, a funny little voice. And Do you know and, who did you know, his voice? Yes. It's Billy Barty. Yes. He was a yes. little person who was in all sorts of wonderful movies. And I think he was in the movie Willow. He was in some... Yes, Sid he was. You're right. Sid and Marty Croft things. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah. I think he was also, if I'm not mistaken, he was one of the Munchkins in The Wizard that, of Oz. I was wondering the same thing. I think I'm not 100% sure, but I think so. Mm -hmm. I might yeah. be wrong. But yeah, he's probably the most famous uh, little person actor that ever existed. And they actually sort of high-pitched up his voice a little bit for Figment mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to make him sound a little bit more like a little boy. Mm -hmm. So our next character is, again, a little controversial. Who's that, Ruthie? That is Red from the Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, this is our top ten. This is number yeah. ten. This is where we're getting into, like, the really classic audio anime. The meat characters. of the bones, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and this is um, the original Red, not the uh, new Yeah. I felt that Red. we should include the original and not yeah. the modern. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is the one that everybody remembers. This is this is the one that we've all grown up watched, you know, on right. the attraction. And the thing is, up. she yeah. only recently has been given the name Red. Like, when she was this character here, she didn't have a name. Mm -hmm. The name Red sort of came along as they were changing her over to the new version. It may have sort of been a nickname that sort of started a little bit before that but it only became official that her name was red with two d's when right. they and <laughs> the other thing about that that people i don't know if disney did this on purpose but the whole double d insinuation oh. <laughs> <laughs> but there's been oh my gosh i never even thought about that <laughs> yeah there's been a little bit of chatter about that on, on the social really? media yeah yeah hmm. but, but uh this picture here is a classic um yeah this, Davis scene oh yeah and we'll have a, <laughs> the the this is the original setup of it too where yeah. she was basically up for auction now she's a pirate herself and my story, and I think, I don't know if it's official, but is it's a few years later and she was auctioned off and now she's sort of taken over the household and mm -hmm. put her husband in his place. And now she's in charge of the house and she's the pirate leader. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> there is another pirate whose last name is Red. That goes much further back as far as officially being called Red. I mean, he's as old as as this Red, but and that is Fortune Red. And if you, that's a play on words because mm. Fortune Red R E A D, but uh -huh. it's spelled R E D D, and it's the pirate inside the mechanical machine where you put your money in, and it spits out a fortune. 
Mm. And and that was in the original pirate arcade that was in the exit area of Pirates of the Caribbean. And as they've gotten rid of all the arcade games, he's stuck around and he's still in the park today. And yeah. you put money in him and he moves a little bit and he spits out a fortune. Just like Esmeralda at the Penny Arcade. Mm -hmm. And right. his yeah. name is Fortune Red. So maybe they're related. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so the next uh, character also goes back to the beginning of the Haunted Mansion, but he didn't last long. He lasted, I guess, a couple days, and then they took him out. Yeah. And then he came back a few... He reappeared a few <laughs> years later. And that's the Hatbox Ghost, otherwise known as, by fans, as Hattie. And uh, <laughs> he's got a whole little trick that he does. If you can see the Hatbox here in this picture, his head disappears and reappears in the box. And that was a gag they tried to do in 1969 using lighting effects. And they just couldn't get it right, so they gave up on it finally and removed the figure entirely after a couple days. It just wasn't working. And now they use, uh, you know, projection to do the yeah. effect. And... Uh, this was sort of a whole thing where people even denied that the Hatbox Ghost even ever existed. But there was all this <laughs> evidence to prove otherwise. Uh, first of all, he was included in a lot of the um, promotional materials, including a record album which talked about mm -hmm. him, a couple different record albums that mentioned him. And then an actual video a home movie that someone shot proved once and for all that he existed this was probably about 15 years ago and then tony baxter who had originally denied his existence found a card where they kept a record of the maintenance for the haunted mansion and on the card it included the hatbox ghost as one of the things mm. that had to be maintained so this was a whole urban legend that proved to be not a legend. And then after a lot of fan pressure, and he was like the most famous audio animatronic character that didn't exist. Right. And they yeah. finally <laughs> brought him back to the Haunted Mansion a few years ago. I think in time for the 60th anniversary. And... Um, he only exists in the Disneyland version. No other yeah. version. Yeah. They didn't bring him back to any of the I'm other. I'm not a huge fan of where they put him, but I do yeah. love this audio animatronic. I just kind of wish they would have put him more into the attic as opposed that's to That's where put he him originally. Outside. That's where he was originally. It was outside in the attic. The, uh, no, attic? no, 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 no. In originally he yeah, was in the inside attic. the attic. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. when they brought him back, they put him just outside as you're leaving the attic. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, who... I still who, like seeing him. <laughs> who's the next uh, character, Ruthie? Oh, one of my favorite. It's Sam the Eagle from America Sings. Yeah. And who's that next to him? You remember his Ollie? name? Ollie? Ollie yeah. the Owl? Ollie That's the Owl. Name? Yeah. Yes. 
And, and who, Sam the Eagle is voiced by Burl Ives. I was just going to ask you that. Yep. <laughs> Burl Ives. Yes. And uh, he is the host of the former attraction America Sings. And he was also the inspiration for the mascot of the 1984 Olympics. They yes, designed right, the a, Los Angeles Olympics. He yes. looked slightly, he was slightly shorter, but he looked very much like Sam the Eagle from America Sings. And he was designed by Disney, so of course this is a Mark Davis design. Yep. He, de he designed all the characters for America Sings, and uh, just based on the fact that it was Burl Ives puts him in the top ten, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So our next character is the father from the Carousel of Progress. Originally voiced by who, Ruthie? Rex Allen. Yes. And uh, he sang the song, A Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow, and he hosted all the different scenes from the Carousel of Progress. And as a matter of fact, he still does in Walt Disney yes. World. He has a different voice now, but it is the same character, and he's been around since 1964. And he's stuck in the 80s now. <laughs> well, I'd say the 90s, because that's when they last redid it. I mean, there was an 80s version that was different than the version now. And if you see video of it, Ruthie, you are going to die laughing. Oh, gosh. That I 80s got, I guess scene, I got to watch that. They're, like, I think the teenage boy is wearing plaid pants. And oh, gosh. <laughs> they have one of those wicker chairs that is suspended from the ceiling. And uh -huh. the daughter is sitting in that chair playing a guitar. Oh, that's funny. It's so, like, late 70s, early 80s. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah. So the next choice, we knew we had to pick a character from this attraction, but we had some trouble narrowing it down because there's so many. Yeah. And I actually originally thought of another character, but who did we end in? end up choosing Ruthie the uh, French dancers from it's a small world in the yeah. Paris section right so now tell them who you originally picked I picked Cleopatra and the reason I picked her is she's in the af at the beginning of the Africa room and the reason I picked her is because I couldn't think of another character that was sort of a iconic solo character and so mm -hmm. we just decided to break the rules and just include the whole chorus line here. They all are identical to each other, so it doesn't... I mean, it really is one character that is a clone yeah. of itself. But I had to sort of give it to Ruthie, because I feel like more people remember this than remember Cleopatra. I mean, the yeah. only reason I really picked her is because I couldn't think of another one that's, like... A lone wolf type character they're all right. in a group or you know and then the other thing I thought of was the hippo but from the Africa scene which everyone remembers but mm -hmm. I felt like we needed to pick one of the actual children because they're the yeah. main part of the attraction not the animals so we yeah. just sort of came out by process of elimination we decided this was probably the most iconic character from it's a small world yeah 
Now again, because we could only pick one character per attraction, the one we settled on for the Enchanted Tiki Room is sort of the main master of ceremonies, which is mm -hmm. Jose. Even though he looks very much like the other three masters of ceremonies. But he's sort of the first one that talks, and he's sort of... It's sort of made to be aware that he's sort of the head of them, because he starts the yeah. show, and, you know... And he was voiced by the legendary Wally Bogue, doing a mm -hmm. Mexican accent, <laughs> which... Yes. Some, yeah. <laughs> did you just say chess instead of yes? yes. Oh. <laughs> no, I did not say that. It sounded like you did. It sounded like no, you I went, chess. <laughs> I just said yes. Like no. Ruthie. What are you doing? Anyway. No. <laughs> I did not do that. Anyway, we all love Jose and we forgive yeah. him for being slightly insensitive. I don't yes. think any latin american people are offended by it so it's fine it's not really that offensive he's a lovable friendly character and he's not a bad stereotype of latin american people he's a positive stereotype even though he was voiced by an anglo right. uh which is sort of you know that's just how it was done back then but anyway yeah Who's next on our lineup, Ruthie? One of my favorites. It's Rex from Star Tours, voiced by Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee-wee Herman. Love, Rex. Yeah. And he sort of went away for a while and then came back again. Because yeah. when they closed Star Tours 2.0, or, I'm sorry, Star Tours 1.0, and turned it into 2.0. Actually, that's not ex entirely true because he is actually now in the queue area as a robot being yeah. serviced that's being worked on in the current Star Tours. But um, he lost his status as captain of the Star Speeder when they redid because yeah. now it's, it's piloted by C-3PO instead. But um, he came back just a couple has it been two years already a year and a half maybe yeah he came back like that, yeah he came back to the new uh galaxy's edge star wars land and he is dj rex at yeah. the cantina at olga's cantina and uh everyone was so excited to see him again and it's he's very popular in his new venue for sure and yeah. again, he's, he's the best part about the cantina. <laughs> I think he's the best part about the whole Star Wars land. Yeah. <laughs> and also, Paul Rubens came back to re-record his voice. So, the next one is from the very first tubular roller coaster. The Matterhorn. And that is Harold. He's not really officially Harold, but the cast members over the years sort of came up with that name. And Harold is a derivative of the word of the name Harry. So mm -hmm. obviously he's Harry. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is the original abominable snowman from the Matterhorn, which he premiered in 1978. And um, they replaced him a, 
uh, just a few years ago, and he looks a lot, even though he does look scary here, to me, he sort of looks like a Scooby-Doo villain here. Like yeah, this version. Yeah, right. Like somebody's going to take the mask off and yeah, there's going to be a person under it. <laughs> I just expect, like, yeah, Scooby-Doo yeah. to take his mask, <laughs> Velma to take off his mask and go, Jeepers! Yeah. Anyway, zoinks! <laughs> a g-g-g-g-g-g-ghost! <laughs> Anyways, um, they replaced it with a much more menacing version, oh, yeah. and a version that moves a lot more mm -hmm. fluid, too. But I prefer the original. Where can one find the original Ruthie today? He still exists. Well, he does. He is in the queue for the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction at um, Disneyland's California Adventure. Right. He's one of the... What's the name of the guy that owns the museum? The Collector. The Collector. He's one of his collections. Yes. <laughs> he looks like He's a taxidermy animal. Yeah, he that he, Yeah. He's in the section right before you actually board your um, car to, to go on the attraction. Right. So, um, and I don't go on that attraction because I'm not a fan of um, drops and things like that. Right. But I actually did go walk through the entire queue all the way up to where they were about to board, and I did see him. Right. Now, we also want to mention another uh, cousin to Harold, which is affectionately or sort of mockingly, I guess, referred to <laughs> as the Disco Yeti, which is at the um, uh, Expedition Everest attraction at Animal Kingdom. And the reason we didn't include him is because... He's not. He he has. He's not an audio animatronic. He's a stationary figure. <laughs> he hasn't moved <laughs> yeah. in years. When was the last time he moved? <laughs> right. So, uh, so this sort of encompasses both characters on this yeah. category here on this position. So I mentioned again that we said existing IPs. Only, uh, no existing IPs. But this is not an IP. This was a real person. So, yeah. who are we talking about, Ruthie? We are talking about the audio, animatron audio animatronic Abraham Lincoln from the... Um... Great moments with Mr. Lincoln. Yes, great moments. You couldn't think of that? Attraction. <laughs> yes. He's also in the <laughs> Hall of Presidents. Yes, no, yeah, that's true. He is in that as well. And remember um, how I... Uh, audio animatronic that Walt Disney really, like, this is what... He wanted to do this audio animatronic from the beginning. This is pretty much why we have audio animatronics today. Right, and also... Character. This is not the original. That's why when we talked about the Tyrannosaurus Rex, I said he is the original. This is based on the original, but it's a complete. They completely redid him. Right. No, none of the parts on this character are the original, but definitely mm -hmm. based on the original specs. But it's completely like they. It's one of the most sophisticated AA figures. It moves so realistically. It's frighteningly realistic, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So, our top animatronic of all time <laughs> is Big Al from the Country Bear <laughs> Jamboree. Yes. 
<laughs> voiced by John Ritter's father, Tex Ritter. Tex Ritter, yep. Blood, on the, blood saddle, on the Saddle. Right? Yep. If you want to hear more about all that, go back and listen to our Country Bear Jamboree six-hour extravaganza. We go into great <laughs> detail about Big Al. And uh, Big Al is actually, uh, today, one of the Big Al's from Disneyland is Oogie Boogie. Yes. At the end of uh, the uh, overlay of the Haunted Mansion in the, ni- the Nightmare Before Christmas, they reskinned him and made him Oogie Boogie. But Big Al <laughs> still exists in two Disney parks, in Disney World and in Tokyo Disneyland. So he is not extinct yet. Hopefully never. And he's my... I I would say he's my favorite AA figure of all time. And Ruthie actually did... I sort of ranked the the bottom 10, 20 through 11. And Ruthie ranked the top 10. So obviously Ruthie agrees with me. Because she's the one who officially chose him as number one. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He's so iconic, and um, I mean, it's just a, the perfect character that um, Mark Davis created and based yeah. off of uh, another um, Albertino. Albertino. Mm-hmm. So they uh, almost look exactly so the same. Yeah. If you, when you see Country Bears for the first time, he's the one you walk away remembering, and that's why I yeah. picked him. Right. So. So, so now we're going to go on to the Disney news. From the far corners of the earth, from across the seven seas, the news of the day for the leaders of tomorrow. The Mickey Mouse Newsreel, dedicated to you, the leaders of the 21st century. So we have three topics to cover, three segments. And the first is going to be about the Disney parks. And mostly what we're going to talk about is the reopening of the Disney parks. And we're going to go back and sort of cover how this has been happening in chronological order. So the first Disney park to reopen was Shanghai. This is a picture of sort of the opening ceremony uh, just a couple days before the park officially opened. And... um, there's a lot of caveats to it having reopened, and we'll talk about all that. But before Shanghai reopened, they first reopened their version of uh, Downtown Disney, which in Shanghai is called Disney Town and Wishing Star Park, which is all part of the Shanghai Disneyland Hotel Complex. That all reopened first. In early March, or was it? Yeah, Yeah, they Mm -hmm. in early March, which is crazy because that's when everything started closing down and in in, uh, here, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and there's several things they sort of learn from that limited reopening. And things were dying down as far as the, the amount of people who had coronavirus and everything. So they eventually were able to finally reopen the park itself. But there's only a 20% capacity allowed. And you have to make a reservation to be admitted. So if you can't get a reservation, you can't be admitted into the park. And it's very limited because they're only letting 20% of the normally, you know, what the park is able to hold. They're only allowing 20% people in. And this is all... I think they're also staggering the entrance, too, when they can come into the park and Yeah, like they're that. staggering at what time people can come in. They're mm -hmm. also taking people's temperature. Mm -hmm. And if they're over a certain temperature, you're not allowed to come in. And also, um, in China, they have a, a trace thing... Uh, where QR they, code. Yeah, that they don't have yeah. here in the, in the States. And they have to have clearance from that code in order to be allowed in also. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then another thing is they have cast members all day at all times going around scrubbing everything with disinfectant. And they have hand sanitizer stations everywhere and yeah. encourage people to use them. And you're not allowed in without a face mask. And you also are, they have a, um, a thing where on the ground they have put these square blocks and you and your party have to remain in your block before advancing to the next block so that you're not next to the people in the other party. So they have a six foot distance in all the queue areas that separate your party from the party in front of you and the party in back of you. Mm -hmm. And um so they put forward all of these health measures in order to allow the parks to open. And it's a little bit of a different experience, but hey, it's better than nothing, right? Exactly. Yep. This picture is from the opening day, and you'll notice that all of the people in this picture are wearing masks. And it's sort of, uh, we've sort of become used to the look of people wearing masks, but... If you think about it, if we saw this picture th four months ago, we'd be <laughs> we'd think this was so bizarre looking. But now I we're know. sort of so used to masks that it's sort of become normalized for us. But yeah. um, I mean, these the Asian countries, China and Japan, they've been using masks, you know, prior right. to this COVID nineteen outbreak. So they had an outbreak. They've had other. Uh, 
yeah, they've had yeah. other outbreaks in years past. So it's become already part of their... They've already become normalized to it. It's sort of a new thing here in, in the States. So after uh, Shanghai reopened... And when did it officially reopen? Do we have that? May 11th. May 11th. So then, 10 days later, Disney Springs in Walt Disney World began reopening. And uh, this was sort of set up in a very similar way as was the reopening of Shanghai. A lot of the same rules were put in place. And uh, one thing is that they ha you have to wear a face mask, an appropriate face mask, in order to be let in. And it has a limited capacity. There is no um, valet parking. And there's a limited capacity capacity on parking. And also, all guests have to pass a temperature screening. And their temperature cannot exceed 100.4 degrees Fahrenheit or above. Um, if it does, you and your entire party will not be allowed in. So any... Uh, person over the age of two is required to wear a face mask at all times except when dining. Mm -hmm. I saw this really funny, bizarre video which is completely silly and doesn't make any sense of a face mask that you're able to eat with while still wearing oh, like it. it opens. Yes. <laughs> it had like a little pump that you squeezed with your hand. Did you see that? I did see that. Oh, it was so silly. You're right. It doesn't make sense. I mean, you're still exposing your mouth. Right. That's the whole point of wearing a face mask. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Anyway. I have, I have a feeling that... So, originally, when they opened Disney Springs, they said ages three and older, but they moved it down to two to kind of go along with, like, the ticket age as, as well. Yeah. And, um... I know a lot of people are, a lot of parents are saying, like, how do I get my two-year-old to wear a mask and keep it on? And yeah. I have a feeling that YouTube is soon going to have many videos of kids not wanting to wear the mask and, you know, just, yeah. you know, just Making ripping them off. And, yeah. I mean, you, you just have to be smart about it. Everybody else is doing it, too. Mom and dad are doing it. So, you know, you, you just have to, uh, you know... He, the kid just has to wear it if they want to yeah. go there. And right. I mean, you can leave if, you know, if they're not cooperating. I'm sure there'll be cast members giving friendly reminders. Yes, oh yeah. Put your mask be. back on. And I'm sure mm -hmm. it's going to cause some issues. And stupid yeah. people are going to yell at cast members who are just doing their job. But yep. that's, I would that's, not want to be the cast That's always the case. That's with everything. People. I mean, they're used to it. Believe me, even when there isn't a requirement to wear a face mask, there are guests that have something to complain to complain about, and they take yeah. it out on the cast members. So it's just part of the job. It's you know what they they have to deal with all the time. 
So another thing they're doing is they're putting up some physical barriers in places where it's sort of difficult to monitor and maintain a distancing guideline. But they're also putting those square blocks in areas where people have to queue, like for point of sale areas, you know, cash registers and things like that. And then another thing is they're um, encouraging guests to use payment options that don't involve cash and um, no-touch payment options where you can pay for things on your phone in advance like if you want to pay for your meal in advance in certain cases and things like that they're setting it all up so you can do that yeah of you course can do mobile orders on my Disney mobile experience orders app. and you can apply your gift cards on your on your phone instead of having mm -hmm. to hand it to a cast member things like that and then another thing they're doing is they're really limiting capacity inside restaurants they're keeping all the tables spread far apart from one another and um, they're also putting those hand sanitizer stations everywhere like every mm -hmm. few feet there's a hand sanitizer they really want to encourage people to use them. Yeah. So, uh, after Disney Springs started opening, and the first shops that opened were non-Disney retail establishments, followed mm -hmm. by some of the restaurants, and then... Disney finally opened its flagship store a few, about a week or so later, I think. Maybe yeah. a little bit longer than that, which is the World of Disney. And when I went to the World of Disney, it was so packed. Yeah. So they're that probably, <laughs> they have to really, they probably have to have people standing at the doors, only letting a certain amount of people in at a time and things like that. Well, the other thing about the store right now is there's not there's no tourists there to be shopping. They're right. all going to be locals, so locals, it probably isn't packed. At and the, they're also current. limiting how many people can even enter Disney Springs to right. begin with. So right, right. So the next interesting story about the parks involves the National Basketball Association. As you know, because of the current situation. Most, if not all, um, national sporting events have been on hiatus. Hiatus? 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 What's hiatus? Hiatus. And um, they're trying to come up with a way to start up sporting events again. And uh, one thing that's been discussed is having the sporting events all contained in one location. And having no um, audience. What's the word for audience with sports? There's another word. Spectators? Yeah, spectators. Nobody allowed in the stadium to view the event. So the only way to see it is on television. But that's how most people watch sports anyways. But it's going to be sort of strange to watch sports without audi an audience because they yeah. add so much energy they do. They really sports. do, like, hype up the teams. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. But, um, so, 
the NBA has been in talks, and it's not official yet, but they have been in talks with Disney for them to host their, basically their whole opening season at the wide world of sports complex in Disney World. And everybody involved will stay on property. All the teams, I guess there's 20 NBA teams, and they'll all be sort of in a bubble. With no, they, can't le they can't leave, and they can't, you know, it'll be like a whole biodome of... Right. of, of the, <laughs> So they're still and trying to work out Go to ahead. prevent, like, having to, to travel because right. that's, what, that's half of the season is you're traveling to a different place to play a team on their home court and they need to eliminate that because, of course, that's just extra exposure. So they right. figure they have all the players from all the teams all staying in this one area. They schedule all the, the games and they're all going right. to the same place. And, of course, all of these people are going to be tested daily as well. Yeah. That's one of the, the hang-ups is they are still trying to figure out how they can test everybody at that rate. They don't right. know if it can happen. And then um, the other thing is, oh, I guess there's 30 teams. I, I, I remembered it wrong. I'm looking at our outline. And it says there's 30 teams. So that's a lot of teams. So, anyways, um, this is still up for debate, but um, it sounds like a good plan, and it's a good way to, I mean, I'm not, I don't really watch organized sports, but I can understand that a lot of people are, you know, love that type of thing and miss it a lot, and it would really bring a lot of much-needed entertainment and morale and things we need of that nature to a great number of people so i also heard that they're thinking about doing something similar not involving disney but something similar with baseball where they're going to have it all in one place mm -hmm. they've been talking about that doing the same concept for baseball so yeah. we'll see if that pans out but uh yeah their goal is to get this going by late july and yeah. I, th I think that they're still trying to figure out what exactly they're gonna gonna actually do for the remainder of the season. Are they gonna actually play some season games, or are they just gonna do like a playoffs? You know, I don't think yeah. they've really ironed out all of the specifics of it. But I really hope this happens. And the thing about this particular location at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex is it can house the players as well as offer them, you know, the uh, regulation court size that they can yeah. play and, and also have all of the uh, training equipment and things like that. So that's right. what makes this particular location really good for the NBA. Right. So I hope it works out because I like basketball. I want to watch basketball. Yeah, I know you like it. <laughs> You've talked to, that's like your one game that you Yes, enjoy. that is. <laughs> My yeah. one sport, yes. Yeah. <laughs> If I had to pick one, it would be baseball, even though I don't really watch it that much. It's the only game I really understand <laughs> when I want the rules. Anyways, so... Finally, they announced that the parks in Disney World are going to reopen. This is a fairly recent announcement. And originally, the announcement was that 
it all was pending approval from the local authorities for their proposed they had to submit a proposal for how they're going to operate the parks and it had to be approved before they could make it official but apparently it has now been approved and it is official and yeah. epcot well uh magic kingdom and animal kingdom the kingdoms are going to open on july 11th and epcot and hollywood studios are going to open on july 15th and much of the same rules that we said for shanghai and for disney springs are going to be in effect for the parks as well but i'll mention some of the things that are slightly different because the parks have different logistics in some cases um one major thing is parades and nighttime spectaculars like fireworks shows are not going to be happening at all and they they will announce when they will return but there is no date given as to when these will return and the reason for that is because of the large numbers of people that gather together in very confined space in order to view these events no six foot distancing between those people <laughs> right exactly another thing is any high touch experiences like playground areas or character meet and greets mm -hmm. are not going to be happening they are yeah. going to come up with creative ways to see the characters but you won't be able to interact with them you won't be able to get a hug unfortunately from mm -hmm. mickey or, or a picture Snow White. or anything like that right yeah. But you will be, they will be in the parks and they will be able to be seen and you can wave and say hello. So they're doing the best they can, you know. Yeah. Um, another major thing is they're not going to have um, Fast Pass at all. Well, let me go through before I do all that. Let me go through this little reservations update, which I added here. So... There's going to be a reservation-only system, which is the same as they are doing in Shanghai. And for the first few weeks of the reopening, they're only going to allow people who already booked their trips and had to postpone them, and annual pass holders. They're going to let them, they're going to work their way through all that before they open mm -hmm. it up to the general public. So yeah, it might so be a month or more. New tickets are not being sold. No new tickets are being sold. And if you are, if you don't have a reservation as a person who had to postpone their trip and already had reservations, in other words, if you're an annual pass holder, you have to make a reservation. They haven't really given out the specifics on how to do the reservation yet, but I suspect you'll have to log in onto a website and, you know it's going to open at a certain time and everybody who's an annual pass holder is going to be waiting by their keyboard for okay. the moment it's going to be a big deal <laughs> i hope that they have the uh the uh, bandwidth to sustain whatever traffic that's gonna necessitate you know i don't know hopefully 
So they have no idea when they'll be able... Oh, I just realized I messed up this picture. I suppose the oh. little thing sticks <laughs> over the... Oops. Anyway, um, so this is basically what I just said if you want to pause the video and read it. I, I included these little blurbs here for you guys to read just in case you want to get the full detail in the language that Disney put it out. But the other uh, big thing is with the dining. Mm -hmm. um, they're only allowing um, a 60-day booking window instead of the normal 180-day. And also, it's going to be a far more limited number of dining seats. They're going to spread out all the seats. All mm -hmm. the tables will be further apart so it's going to be a very limited capacity and another thing is they're not sure how many of the behind the scenes tours they're going to keep doing and um they might not do any behind the scenes tours they haven't really decided exactly what they're going to do as far as that's concerned yet so yep. But I know they did cancel all dining packages and all re previous reservations that people had. So if you, somebody had already set that up, that's, that's gone. Right. And to me, this is the biggie out of all those. Well, I guess the reservation thing is sort of a biggie too. But during this period, there will be no fast pass at all. It's a come as you are for every attraction. And thank, I wish that was just normal, the way it always was, quite frankly. <laughs> but, it may uh, be the way that it has to be for a while because yeah. that's the only way to regulate people to be six feet apart. Right. So, and the other thing is they're going to have also, they haven't given a specific percentage, but all of the parks are going to have a limited capacity and also no ma extra magic hours. Right. Yeah. So the other thing that they um, they did announce that the DVC Club Resorts and Fort Wilderness is opening June 22nd. So they're opening a limited number of hotel stays. And what they're saying is a lot of the people who had previous reservations have to, if they want to continue to come, have they to have switch. to upgrade and yeah to these locations yeah. which could cause them to actually spend more money but i mean you know it's a decision they that can cancel still they're want. still allowed yeah. to cancel it's they don't have to do that if they right. it's an option but i have no a feeling problem, you know resorts are open or anything like that um yeah. none of those uh you know the uh and they haven't announced exactly powers. when they're going to reopen either right so it's all kind of just up in the air and you know, I mean, today we're recording here June 11th, and we're talking about a month from now, right. the first couple of parks opening. Right. So we'll see what, what um, more information they release, you know, in the coming month. So the next thing we want to mention is Spaceship Earth, because... Oh, you did want to mention one thing before you move on to this. Oh, what you was wanted that? To, you wanted to read that quote from the article that we were looking at? Oh, that's right. So there's this really lovely quote that I was in the D23 article about the reopening of 
uh, Walt Disney World. And I just thought I would read this because I thought it was really nice. And when I read it this morning, it actually made me choke up a little bit. I got a little teary-eyed. So, throughout these past few months, Disney fans have come together to celebrate their favorite Disney memories. We're amazed at the creativity and passion fans have shared. Whether you're cooking up your favorite Disney Parks recipe or, re -re or recreating a favorite attraction, the enthusiasm you have all shared for Disney theme parks has brought fans together from all over the world. Anyone who has visited a Disney theme park has a special connect connection to these magical worlds and the amazing cast members who bring that magic to life. I just thought that was really nice. And I wanted yeah, to read that. So, the next thing we want to mention is that Spaceship Earth is not going to be refurbed until a later date. Originally, it was set to close on May 26th. But because of everything that has happened, they're going to keep it open for a while longer. And they're pushing up the refurb date. We don't know when that will be. And it's possible they're not going to do it at all because they have... They've lost a lot of money because of the parks being closed. Right. And they're going to definitely slash the budgets on some of the projects that were on the drawing board because of it. I have a feeling that Spaceship Earth will not be one of those because it's the flagship attraction. I think they would cut something else before they would cut Spaceship Earth. But um, we do know that it's not going to close for, until much later because, mm -hmm. I mean, they just want to have it open when the park reopens because, you know. Yeah. I think I it mean, makes sense. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, so definitely right. you want to have that open. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, you know, so we have, we still have the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World coming next year. Yeah. In October. And I would think if they can't get the refurbishment done before that, then they won't start it until after. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Because that they definitely would want to have that open during the 50th. Right. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, late breaking. In fact, we weren't even going to... We didn't even have this on our original outline because it just was announced yesterday. Mm -hmm. They've announced Disneyland in California will be reopening. And this, this has not been... They had to do the same thing in California that they did in Florida where they had to put out a proposal and this has not been accepted yet but I think it probably it, it it's likely that it will be right mm -hmm. so the downtown Disney district will be reopening on July 9th the uh, Grand California or no the Disneyland Park and Disney California Adventure will be reopening appropriately on July 17th, which is the anniversary of Disneyland. It's actually the 65th. 65th. Yeah. yeah, sort of a milestone year. And the um, resorts, all the resorts or just California 
Grand Californian. It doesn't look like Disneyland Hotel is on the list. Grand yeah. Californian and Paradise, Paradise Pier. Paradise Pier. They're going to open on July 23rd. So we don't know when the Disneyland Hotel will be reopening. Now again, we don't have to go through all what we just said before because basically all of the guidelines and rules are going to be identical yeah. to Walt Disney World. Any um, lessons that they are learning, have already learned, that's definitely going to be applied here. Yeah. And also, um, they're, well, this is sort of going to be happening at the same time as Disney World, so basically it's any yeah, lessons from true. Shanghai that they've learned yeah. that are going to be applied here. And again, they're doing the same thing with the ticket sales. You have to be an annual pass holder or already have reservations. And I think in this case, the lion's share will be pass holders, whereas in Disney World, the lion's share would be reservations. And the pass holders are the diehards in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be a lot of... Just watch social media when nobody can get into the park and all right. the people complaining. Because Disneyland is so small. I know. They, their uh, percentage is going to be very low. Yeah. To allow people in. Yeah. I mean, California Adventure is bigger. So the, yeah. probably if there, it's going to be more easier spread to get into that park. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, mostly good news. We're glad the parks are reopening. Definitely. Finally, it's very sad that they had to close for so long. And I think Disney knows what they're doing and they're not going to risk anybody's. I think all of the guidelines, I mean, especially the temperature checks. I mean, yeah. obviously anybody who has full blown, I mean, there might be people who don't have any symptoms that could spread it but anybody who is has it will have a temperature and they're not right. letting anybody in who has a temperature so that'll definitely make it much safer so i'm not terribly worried about it i think they're handling it right and you can't keep the you can't keep it closed forever right i mean it, you it, can't it's wait until there's possible. a vaccine and then everybody yeah. has it yeah, and then what, you're going to have to prove that you got it? You know, yeah, I mean... Right. Yeah, right. It's just not feasible. Right. So let's talk a little bit about the movies. Yes. So, I have the wrong picture here. It's supposed <laughs> to be this picture. Our first. opening, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. This is non-edited. We don't edit this. <laughs> if we make mistakes, the mistakes stay in. Yeah. So, anyways, we're just gonna talk about a few stories that involve Hollywood and the Walt Disney Studios. And I bet you can guess what the first story is. <laughs> <laughs> so. The famed legendary director, Peter Jackson, of the, uh, what's the name of that? I can't even think of it. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Why couldn't I think of that? Lord of the Rings. And The Hobbit. And The Hobbit. Yep. He is actually working on a much talked about and everybody's buzzing about 
this uh, upcoming Beatles documentary, which is going to be called Get Back. And apparently it's going to include a lot of never-before-seen footage and a lot of heavily cleaned-up footage that's supposed to be so cleaned up that it'll look like it was filmed in 2020, not 40, 50 years ago. Yeah, not 1969, yeah. Right. So it's going to include a lot of footage from their final film which was called let it be but it's a lot of stuff that was on the cutting room floor and the thing is with let it be apparently because i've never seen it but i read about it while researching for the episode it has sort of a negative bent on it like it gives off that the beatles were fighting all the time and they weren't getting along and it also came out even though it was filmed in 69, it came out in 1970 after the group had broken up. Right. So it always sort of left sort of a, a stain on the Beatles' legacy, that this was sort of their last thing that they did together, and it was a very negative thing. So Peter Jackson is going back and sort of redoing the whole concept to be a much more positive experience, and he's using a lot more of the footage of them joking around and having a good time together. I mean, if you know anything about reality TV, and basically a documentary like this is sort of the precursor to reality TV, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's all about the editing. The editor can make any story they care to make out of the footage. And the editor for this decided to make a negative story for the original uh, Let It Be. And Peter Jackson has decided to go back and make a positive version of the story, which I feel is a wonderful idea. And it has mm -hmm. the support of um, Ringo and uh, Paul and mm -hmm. also... Um, Yoko Ono has been on record as supporting this venture, as well as um, George Harrison's widow. She's also let it known that she she approves of this. And uh, Paul and Ringo have actually said that they've seen portions of it and they're very pleased with it and they're looking forward to it coming out. So yeah. The reason why we're talking about this is because Disney Studios acquired this film. Right. So Peter Jackson's already, you know, edited and created this film. Was it part of the Fox takeover that they acquired it? It, it might... Uh, it, probably, we don't, yeah. Yeah, right. But what Disney's going to do is distribute this film, and the plan is for it to be in theaters in September. Right, now, September 4th. nothing has been said about it being pushed... Or right. anything else, you know, we're they're just kind of going with that date right now because we don't yeah. know when theaters are going to be open yet. Right, right. And the story is from before all this happened. Right, right. But I looked before I when I was you know putting the outline together, and I didn't see where they had changed the the release date. So it's still as set as September fourth right now. You know, this picture, I think, is from Yellow Submarine. Have you ever seen yeah, Yellow Submarine? 
I've seen parts of it, but I haven't watched the whole thing. At the end of it, they have a live-action sequence with the Beatles, and I think this picture comes from it. Mm. I just thought I'd include it because it was in the article. <laughs> I thought it was a nice picture. Mm -hmm. I think so, that's a good idea, though, because it, it brings to um, the forefront these... Not to say that we've, we've all forgotten the Beatles, because we haven't, but, you know, a younger generation may not have been exposed as much to them, and yeah. this is going to help to, you know, bring that back up again and start that conversation about the Beatles with the younger generation. Yeah, like that movie last year sort of brought uh, Queen back Queen. into, yep. yeah, Freddie Mercury, yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think this will have a similar effect. Even though it's not yeah. a movie, it's a documentary, I still feel it'll have a similar effect so yeah. in, in disney's never ending <laughs> live action remake insistence yes. <laughs> they have announced the starring roles of an upcoming adaptation of peter pan which is going to be called peter and wendy They've announced who's going to play Peter Pan and who's going to play Wendy. They haven't announced the rest of the cast, but they've named the two child actors who are going to be in the lead roles. Or I guess it's called, I said Peter and Wendy. Officially, it's Peter Pan and Wendy, which makes more sense. So, the actor who's going to play Peter Pan is Alexander Maloney, and that's no baloney. Um... <laughs> He looks a lot like... If you look at the side-by-side -side here, I see the resemblance. Do you? Yeah, other than the, the hair color. Yeah, yeah, I could see Yeah, that. well, yeah. he can dye his hair, but yeah, other exactly. than that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... He has a nice, uh, you know, youthful-looking face and, you know, a big smile. Yeah, he's a charming-looking young man, for sure. Mm -hmm. And then we've got in the role of Wendy, this very serious looking young lady. <laughs> like she looks like she's not capable of smiling or anything. Um, <laughs> That's a headshot right there. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, Ever Anderson. I guess both of them are fairly unknown. They've done a few little projects here and there. Um, and one, bit, one thing is uh, Anderson is uh, also slated to be in the, uh, is it the Black Widow yeah. film? The She's going to play the Marvel younger, movie. the young, she does sort of look like a younger version of Scarlett Johansson. That's pretty good, at least in this picture with her mm -hmm. deadpan, serious face. <laughs> I did yeah. see another picture of her where she's smiling and she looks completely different. Oh, does she? Yeah. Hmm. And she doesn't look a lot like Wendy, but, I mean, Wendy, I mean, I guess, I guess she does in a way, but I, they'll do her hair differently and everything, yeah. so. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if they want her to look exactly like the 1953. They might be going for a different thing, you know. I actually hope they are going for something right. different because I don't want them to what's just the copy. What's the point of redoing it if it's yeah. the same? <laughs> right. Which yeah. is an argument I've had for a so lot of the remakes. I believe 
that they had actually did start filming this before um, a lot of production shut down. Yeah. It, that is my understanding. Yeah. And also, they there was a rumor that it was going to be another Disney Plus film, but uh, apparently that's not the case. They do have it planned for a theatrical release. And the producer also, or the, I'm sorry, the director, who just so had, his name is David, David Lowry, Lowry, and I was just like, when I first saw that, I like did a double take, because my father's name, his first and middle name is David Lowry, with an L. And I was like, at first I thought I was looking at my father's name is going to direct the... <laughs> I mean, his last name is Lyndon, like me, but his first and middle name is D David Lowerly. So it's like, hmm. what? Is that my dad? <laughs> yes, and he's also, directing the um, yeah, he's directing, live action Peter Pan. Yeah, and he also directed Pete's Dragon, apparently. He didn't tell me. I, I was not I aware. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks nothing like my dad. I mean, my dad has a beard, but he's not bald, and he's not quite as young. My dad's going to be 90 in a couple months, <laughs> so <laughs> they look a little different. Yeah. But um, anyway, he doesn't look like a person that would direct Peter Pan. He looks more like a person that would be one of the pirates in Peter Pan. <laughs> Maybe he'll do a cameo as a pirate. Maybe. Um, anyway, that's all on hold, but there's no, you know, they haven't even announced who the rest of the cast is. There's a couple people who were speculating on, I didn't include this because I didn't feel it's all speculation. And, you know, people like to think, oh, if they were going to recast this, who would we, who would be the dream cast? And I think yeah. somebody said Tim Curry should be Captain Hook. Hook? Yeah. Oh, that would be good. That would be fun. Mm -hmm. So, anyway. Did he pay a, play a pirate in the Muppets Treasure Island? He did. Yeah, he played yeah. Long John Silver in, in Pirates Treasure Island. So that's Island. not very far. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, on the theme of live-action remakes, another one that's officially been announced is Hercules. And I think it's, I don't know if I would call this a remake exactly. I mean, I, it could be based on the 97 animated movie if it's a comedy. But if it's a straight out just movie about Hercules, I would not call it a remake. Because the whole point of the 97 animated film is it was like a tongue-in-cheek sort of comical version with a lot of modern day references. You know? And if that's not what they're going for in this version, they're just doing a straight-out retelling of the story of Hercules, I would not call it a remake. Because there's been so many different oh, yeah. things about Hercules. I would more call it a remake of the TV series from the 90s of Hercules, <laughs> if that's what it's going to be, you know? But um, the same peop the people who are going to produce this are these brothers here. Um, yep. Joe Dave, and Anthony Russo. They did yeah. the Avengers film, so they did Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. Right. 
And they and have a production company called Agbo. So that that is the company who is going to um, be producing this live-action Hercules film. And what makes me feel it's not going to necessarily be a comedy is because of who they've announced is going to write, write it, co-write it. Mm-hmm. And it's Dave Callahan who is pretty much known for writing action-type pictures. And he did a Sylvester Stallone screenplay for The Expendables and Godzilla and Zombieland and Double Trap and Wonder Woman. None of these are comedies. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not going to consider this a remake. Which is fine. Yeah, and you know, if, if they want to make a movie are, about Hercules, that's fine. Just don't call right, it a remake. Right. <laughs> and if they are going in the action direction, then they're probably not going to have the music either. Right. So, that would be what strange. is so Disney about this? Yeah. I mean, it's fine if they want to make yeah. a movie about Hercules, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a live action remake. And now another live action another remake. One. <laughs> oh my god. It's just becoming Now they're sort of scraping the bottom of the barrel. Not that I want to say anything negative about this, but it just wasn't a big hit. I mean, it's a good but movie. Who knows? Maybe this particular film would Maybe be this one'll fare better than the animated. Yeah. So this is what we're talking about is Atlantis the Lost Empire. Which sort of tanked at the... Well, I mean, it made a small profit, but not nearly what Disney animated features had at that time been pulling in. Um, It's a 2001 animated feature, and it was sort of a departure because it was... Didn't have any songs, it wasn't a musical, and it was supposed to be more of a serious sort of epic adventure type story, which it was, based on a Jules Verne type story and um yeah so they've they're planning on remaking this it's it's in development right now but what's going on ruthie with this one um i mean so they've been trying to i guess there have been rumors back and forth for years that they were going to make a live action version of this yeah and um so now it seems like maybe there's a little bit more weight behind it yeah. And, uh, you know, they're just uh, just trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, the other thing that I thought was pretty interesting about the original film is that they actually um, they created a unique language called Atlantean. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a man who actually created the Klingon language for Star Trek. His name is yeah. Mark Ockren, and he created that Atlantean language. So he did it for this animated film, which is kind of crazy, but... You know, this film has like a, a cult following now and, you know, because it's also a unique animation style that it had. And and so this is one that I actually think could be really interesting as live action. And I really yeah. hope that they actually do make this. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it and I thought it was it was entertaining. I enjoyed it. It's not my favorite, but it's a right. good movie. It doesn't deserve the panning that it gets. It was an acceptable, well, a good story, a good movie, memorable characters, pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. anyway, the next thing we want to talk about is uh, 
topic we rarely cover on this show. <laughs> Star Wars! Nothing but Star Wars! <laughs> okay, Bill Murray. <laughs> so, Ta... How do you say this name? Let me see. Taika Waititi. What nationality is that? Is that... He's, he's actually New Zealand. He's from New Zealand. Okay. And he's like um aboriginal... Yeah, um, he's native. Of, yeah, native New Zealand. Okay, so he is an Academy Award winner, and he is also been doing some Star Wars things for Disney, including the um, season finale of the first season of The Mandalorian. He directed, and he's been um, uh, slated by Disney to do a new Star Wars theatrical release. That's all we know. We don't know anything else. We don't know what it's <laughs> going to be about. We just know it's going to be within the Star Wars universe. And the co-writer, he's going to write, co-write and direct. And the co-writer is Christy Wilson Cairns. Is that how you say her name? And she was she was one of the writers on the recent movie 1917 that was one of the big the big nominees at the last Academy Awards and um, so that's basically it that's all we know yeah. <laughs> just thought we'd mention this is it. a little bit of an older story because this came out on May the 4th you know right. that was um, May the 4th be with you, with you is the Star Wars uh, yeah. you know day that they we all like to celebrate but we haven't so done the news we haven't yeah. been able to talk about it because we haven't done the news in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this is one of the things that they announced. Um, and yeah, we wanted to talk about it. Taika Waititi has a, an, a relationship with uh, the Disney company through Marvel as well because he directed um, uh, Thor Ragnarok. He's also set to direct the next Thor movie, which is Thor Love and Thunder. That's coming out in 2022. They haven't started doing anything other than actually writing it. There's no... Uh, no filming or anything that has started on that film yet but um you know it's just really exciting because he's you know like you mentioned he directed the season finale of the mandalorian he also voiced a character in the mandalorian he's mm. a really funny guy he has a great sense of humor and i really love him and he won his academy award for um writing the film um jojo rabbit which he also directed which is right. an amazing film and um, I just am really excited. He's the kind of uh, voice and, the, you know, and the kind of sense of humor that we really need. And I'm just really encouraged that they're using him more in the Star Wars universe. That's why I wanted to talk about it. Well, let's talk about Disney Plus. This time I got it right. The title card yes. is there. <laughs> So we just want to quickly go over some of the things that are going to be released in the near future on Disney+. And we did an episode of our... The last episode we did of the um, Dateline, we did a whole Disney Plus segment where we went over a lot of stuff. But we're sort of going to talk about the things that we did not mention in the last episode so if you want a more of an update go back and listen to our may episode of 
uh, Dateline Jiminy Crickets, and you'll get even more information about what's coming and what has come to Disney Plus in the past couple months. So we're going to talk about everything new coming in June right now. And the first thing that we've mentioned, we've been talking about this movie for like eight, 18 <laughs> years now. Yes. And it's finally coming out. So, yes. and we mentioned this also in the May episode too, but it's finally happening on June 12th. It's actually coming out tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yes. Artemis Fowl, I guess about a whiz kid crime-solving, spy-type yeah. character. <laughs> That's all I have to say about it. Do you have anything else to add? No, Can we move it's on? It's finally being released. We won't That's... need to talk about it anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> the next thing is they're going to put out a Making of Frozen 2 documentary, which is called... What's it called? Oh, into the unknown. Into the unknown. Making Frozen Two. Right. It's actually going to be a six-part documentary. I, I'm not interested in six parts. If it was one <laughs> part, I might watch it. But if it's six hours of how they made this movie, I'm not that in terribly interested in watching. So, it's probably not hour-long episodes. I will say. I that. hope. And um. So I mean, that's how long we talked about Country Bear Jamboree. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. So what I'm feeling like, so they have this show on um, Disney Plus, which we're going to talk about in a minute, called Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian. And yeah. that is an eight-part episode um, documentary series about how they made The Mandalorian. But... Um, what it is is it breaks down each part so they talk one episode is about the directors because there's multiple directors for multiple episodes and they have a, a roundtable discussion and then they kind of break it down uh technology um story you know those kind of things so that that is kind of probably a similar type of thing that they're going to do with this you know they'll they're going to talk about how they you know the the people who wrote the music they're coming together mm -hmm. they're writing new songs you know, the people who do the, the voice actors for the characters, they're going to have an episode about them. That's kind of what I'm thinking this is going to be like. So the next thing is Be Our Chef, Be Our Chef, which is a um, reality show, which is hosted by Angela Kinsey, who was that uptight cat lady from the office <laughs> but she's actually a really sweet lady she's not at yes. all like that character she's just a good they actress they the same name they're both named Angela yes. yeah <laughs> but uh, they're gonna do um, this the finale episode so this so show this show and then the next one that I mean I, we, I already mentioned at the Disney Gallery The Mandalorian both of these shows are gonna be airing their finales this month in June right so They've been airing, you know, all the way through May. And, I mean, Be Our Chef has been on, I think, a couple of months now. Wasn't that one of the first things they talked about when they first were saying what was going to be on Disney Plus? Yes, but it wasn't yeah. released. Like, it wasn't released, right, right, but right. it was one of the first shows yes. that they sort of put out there in their publicity yeah. spurt. Yeah. 
So another uh, classic Disney animated feature is coming. And Ruthie, you said you thought maybe the reason why it wasn't on Disney Plus originally is because it was still on Netflix. Yeah. Disney has... um, They have different... um, Oh, it's Tarzan, by the way, for people that are only listening. (laughs) We didn't say what it was. Tarzan, and then there's also a sequel, Tarzan 2. Um, I believe that these films were on um, Netflix, and when they... There, each of these movies that were on Netflix previously have a certain time period that they need to be on Netflix. And as that time period is running out, that is when they're then brought to Disney+. Plus. So um, Princess and the Frog, I believe, is still on Netflix oh. or has just recently left. So these type of things, they're on Netflix for you know just a, a, a finite amount of time and then they're going to be on Disney Plus forever. So... Tarzan is finally being moved to Disney Plus. Now the next one I have never heard of. It's called Percy Jackson and the Olympians The Lightning Thief. I don't know what that is. I, From looking at it, it looks like some teenagers who have magical powers. Maybe so, they're Olympic gods. This guy is Percy Jackson. He yeah. is, um, this is kind of along the same lines as Hercules. He, like I think his father is Poseidon okay. and then he has like a human mother and so he has some of like the you know like a demigod kind of a power and um, they made two movies with Percy Jackson's based on a um, book uh, children's book series and I think this is also a Fox acquisition yeah okay that's probably why I haven't heard of it right mm-hmm. so now we'll talk about a couple classic things things you have heard of. (laughs) Another episode of the Disneyland TV series is coming out, which is called The Liberty Story, which, um, it's coming out in time for the 4th of July, actually. And what it is, is, um, was sort of an advertising episode for the upcoming release of the movie Johnny Tremaine. Mm -hmm. But Walt also talks about the proposed Liberty Square addition to Disneyland that never happened and it's a it's a really neat I mean he only briefly talks about it it's mostly clips from Johnny Tremaine yeah but it's 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 entertaining I think it's better to just watch Johnny Tremaine though because that's basically it's just a clip show of Johnny Tremaine but hey yeah the more episodes the more episodes of the anthology, original anthology, they release, the better as far as I'm concerned. Agree. And they're also releasing a very well-loved documentary about Walt Disney's time in South America in the 1940s called Walt and El Grupo, meaning Walt and the group, the group of traveling artists, that is, that went to South America um, to study the culture and learn about different things in order to produce a series of animated films in order to um, uh, promote the good neighbor policy which was trying to get South America on our side during World War II and they produced a lot of stuff based on this trip so this is all about that whole Venture and it includes Ruthie's favorite, yes, Mary Blair. She was one of the people who participated in this. 
as well as many other famous Disney artists and Walt mm -hmm. Disney himself. So it's it's rare footage uh, that they they all sort of filmed their they documented on film their whole experience and this was sort of pulling all that footage together and sort of telling the whole story behind this. Another thing I'm sure Ruthie is excited about <laughs> is Infinity War, the final story. Or no, th this isn't the final one, is it? No, Endgame was the final. Oh, but so this is another transplant from Netflix. So it's been on Netflix this whole time. So it's about right. to you know, transfer over to Disney+. So is that the other one that's not available yet right no endgame, endgame. is endgame oh. was on um disney plus when oh. it first released yeah oh okay which is why it's kind of odd they didn't that, they didn't the... have yeah that is odd that's yeah. why i was confused yeah <laughs> but now they'll both be on there so two of the classic Tomorrowland episodes from the original Disneyland TV series are also coming. Man in Space and Mars and Beyond. And these are basically about space travel and how it was being predicted that we would get into space. And it had a lot to do with the push towards developing NASA and the American Space Program in the 1960s. Walt Disney was really pivotal in pushing Americans towards that goal through the series of um, television episodes from the Disneyland TV series. A lot of people don't give him credit for some of the historical things that he affected. I mean, we might not have won World War II had he not made the movie um, uh, Victory Through Air Power, which Franklin Roosevelt asked for a copy of and based on the lessons he learned from watching that documentary produced by Disney he moved us towards a much more um, airplane involved involvement in World War II because Walt Disney promoted this idea so I mean people don't understand and they don't get that Walt Disney had a lot of influence on a lot of historical things. So, this being one of them. So, the Schoolhouse Rock cartoon series is coming to Disney Plus. I guess Disney, they've owned the rights to this for quite a while. They put out DVDs several years ago of the entire series, all seasons. So Disney actually owns the rights. They did not originally produce this series, but they obtained the rights at some point. And if you don't, if you're younger and you don't understand what this is, it was a thing that they showed on Saturday morning TV when they sh used to show cartoons on Saturday mornings. And it was a little in-between segment that they would show during the commercial breaks. And it provided different types of lessons through music and animation some sometimes it was math sometimes it was english grammar sometimes it was history and yep. sometimes social studies types topics for example a social studies topic would be i'm just a bill sitting on capitol hill an english grammar topic would be conjunction junction 
So things like that. And they did math ones and he was a hairy bear, he was a scary <laughs> bear and all that stuff. They were very so, catchy songs. Very catchy songs, really fun animation. Mm -hmm. So they're going to start airing the first season of Schoolhouse Rock on Disney Plus and I suspect that at some point they'll add more seasons soon. If well, you want to so watch everybody go watch it so that they will add the rest of the seasons. <laughs> yeah. It's a really clever, cute show, yeah. and I grew up watching it. I don't know if you did, Ruthie, because you're a oh, little yes, younger. But they yeah. were, even though they were produced in the 70s, they were shown on repeat well into the late 80s. Yeah. They were still showing them on Saturday morning cartoons up until when I stopped watching Saturday morning cartoons. So I grew up watching these. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, these are so... Like I said, they're really catchy, they're fun, they're entertaining and educational. Yeah. Right along with the Disney message. These yeah. are family friendly, you can watch them with your it's kids. It's what uh, you call great. infotainment. Exactly. Right. And <laughs> even as an adult, you can learn something. Yeah. I mean, I learned how you pass a bill by watching this. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> I think a lot of people did. I'm sure, I, yeah. I know Rachel Maddow says that she learned how to pass a bill by watching this. She's mentioned it on her show before. Oh, that's funny. So, the next one is bizarre. This is an <laughs> original movie that they're producing for Disney+. Plus, and it's called The, S the Secret Society of Second-Born Royals. And I did a little looking into what this thing is all about. And the premise is that these are the second heir to the throne of different royal lineages. So they're not the ones that are going to become king or queen. They're second in line to the throne. And for some bizarre reason, there's this thing that happens... <laughs> Yeah, a genetic trait. A genetic trait for anybody of royal lineage that is a second-born royal has magical powers. <laughs> yes, they have superhuman abilities. And they and all belong to trait, a secret yeah. society. And it's <laughs> their job to undercover, sort of do things to without it being known that they're the ones handling it like it's all hush hush and probably the, the their older sibling who's in line for the throne doesn't even know what's happening right mm -hmm. they're sort of pulling all the strings and solving all the riddles of what's going on and they have a we're not going to show it but they have a, a trailer that you can watch it's on youtube and i watched it and i just it is one of the, I'm not saying the movie's going to be bad. I mean, I'm sure it'll be well done. And, and, you know, tweens and teenagers will enjoy this, I'm sure. And it'll be well done and whatever. But the trailer is awful. <laughs> it is like every cliche. Like, I, I've noticed in a lot of trailers, they have this need to, like, have, like, these bass booming sounds. Mm -hmm. Like they'll flash the camera to some like shocking thing and have like this boom. Yeah. Well, they do that 
continuously through this entire trailer. At one point, they show a close-up of a skateboard and go, boom! It's like, and I'm not exaggerating, that happens. <laughs> so, don't go by the trailer. Just watch the movie and form your own opinions. But it looks really... The trailer is not doing it justice, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just thought this was cute. It's not like a, you know, it's a, it's an original story that they're trying to do, and you know, kind of along the lines of the the Disney Channel movies. So I don't you know, have I a problem with cute. it. It's for it's for teenagers, yeah. and it's I'm sure yeah. they'll enjoy it. Now, what I'm much more excited about is they've announced a new series. Uh, starring the Muppets called Muppets Now and this is not to be confused with the Josh Gad series that was going to be developed because that has been put on permanent hiatus that's no yeah, longer gonna happen <laughs> this is this is a completely different thing and what's interesting is this is all gonna be unscripted so it's gonna be the people doing the puppeteering and the voice voicing are all going to just sort of be doing this as if they're having natural conversations. And I guess they're going to have different guest stars coming in. And and I'm, I mean, I, it's the premise is that Scooter, who is the backstage hand for The Muppet Show, is um, trying to make delivery deadlines to upload the brand new Muppet series. So it's inside baseball stuff. It's actually... Met, very meta it's them trying to get the series produced is the series itself which mm -hmm. if i'm reading it correctly is that how you read it i think so I, it's I like a series really about the develop it it's like how it's how the muppet movie the original muppet movie is the movie about them making the muppet movie yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing here this is a series about the making the series that you're watching mm -hmm. which if that that would make sense because that is a tradition with the Muppets to do that yeah. type of funny idea like that and a lot of turning to the audience and wink wink nod nod breaking the fourth wall type stuff which is what the Muppets are known for that type of humor so I mean you know what can you say we know what the Muppets are we know what to expect and we wouldn't want it any differently than that, so we're looking forward to that. One funny thing I noticed is that their viral campaign was they had the Muppets retweeting each other. They had um, one of them put out a tweet, one of the Muppets, and they all the Muppets have official accounts. And so, like, Kermit put out a tweet, and then Fozzie retweeted him and put a comment... <laughs> because funny. and they were say they were showing how the each Muppet had a different promotional image and they would say, Oh, I thought this was the image they were gonna use and each one had their picture on it. So it was kinda <laughs> funny. Yeah. I thought that was cute. So anyway. I love it when people get clever with that sort of viral marketing. So yeah. Now that we're done with Disney Plus, we have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So what our this and that segment is, is we talk about sort of less in-depth stories that are just, you know, a couple sentences covers it. <laughs> yeah. So we have a few of these to talk about. 
One of them is a little more serious, and we just want to mention this because we do. And if you don't agree with us, then don't watch our show. I don't want you to watch our show if you don't agree with us. But we support Black Lives Matter here at the Jiminy Crickets podcast. Uh, And I am not afraid. I don't like to talk about politics on our show, but to me, that is not a political issue. It is a humanity issue. And so I am going to make that claim right now. And I'm sure Ruthie agrees with me. And 100,000%. And Disney has decided to dedicate $5 million to nonprofit organizations, including the NAACP that advance social justice. In addition, any cast member or Disney employee that makes any sort of donation to those type of organizations, Disney will match it. That's in addition to the five million they've already said that they're going to be giving to these types of organizations. And I'm very happy to be a fan of a company that supports this and also is not afraid to come out and be supportive of this. And I don't even understand why it's something that people even need to be afraid to come out. It's to me, it's a right. it's there's no question and there's no brains about it. So anyway, we thought we would mention that. And, yeah, we're... and I think too, you got to you got to think about these times like Disney has been losing money daily. And they yeah. still are willing to pledge five million dollars to these organizations. So that that's right. that should mean a lot. Yeah, right. And I'm happy about that. Yes. So the next thing we want to talk about is sort of, it's already come and gone, but we thought we'd mention it anyway. (laughs) But they brought back the wonderful world of Disney to ABC, and they showed four episodes, and each one was a movie. Um, And these aired starting on May 20th, and the last one just aired last night. And the four movies they showed were Moana, Thor, the first, what was the first Thor, right? Thor, no, the Dark World. Oh, it's the it's second. second. Ragnarok was the first then, right? No, just There's Thor. There's more. Okay, so just there was three, three Thor movies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See, I don't know anything about <laughs> that stuff at all. That's why I'm here. <laughs> and they showed Up, and then last night they showed Big Hero 6. And all four of these, it was the broadcast television premiere of all four of these movies. And all four of them are also available on Disney+. Plus. But if you don't have Disney+, Plus, you were able to watch them on network TV. I guess the word is network TV, not broadcast. Every TV station is a broadcast TV station. (laughs) I meant to say network TV. So we just thought we'd mention it because it's kind of funny that they brought back... The Wonderful World of Disney, which has been around since 1954, basically. But this really has nothing to do with what it originally was. They're just using it as a venue to show movies, which is not what it originally was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, next story. We told you these would be short. Next story (laughs) we want to talk about is Wishables, which is a very adorable collection of. I used to call them stuffed animals, but I guess the PC term is plush animals. 
Um, <laughs> and how, the way this works is sort of like you get a mystery bag and you don't know what you're getting because it's hidden. They have one character from each set of characters. They have different series, right? The one you're looking at right now is the Country Bear Jamboree series. One character you can just buy knowing what it is. And they call yeah. that the, what is it called? The Chaser. Booby, the, oh, I almost called it the booby fries. <laughs> <laughs> the booby fries. It's the um, oh, chaser. Not the booby fries. It's the chaser. So Big Al is the chaser. So you can just out, out and out purchase Big Al without it being a mystery. But then if you buy any of the others, you don't know which one you're getting until you open your package. And... In addition to the four that they have here, which is one of the Sunbonnet Trio, Oscar from the Five Bear Rugs, Teddy Bear, and Henry, they have two mystery characters that you don't have any idea who they possibly could be. You see, you might get one of them as well. So it's, all, it's really a gamble. And if you buy more than one, you might get duplicates. Of course, if you get three... Sunbonnets, that's perfect. Yeah. But other than but that, you might get you might get two Henrys or you know, so you never know. These are this line right here, this uh, Country Bears line is really popular, so yeah, it's hard and to it's, find. It's it they reissue them, but it's currently sold out. Yeah. This one is based on Avatar, and they've got four different characters plus the Chaser, which is actually the um shaman from the attraction mm -hmm. so two of the characters that they're including as chasers we talked about earlier in our top 20 segment yeah so you can buy her outright and then the other four is a mystery and they also for this one have two secret characters that you could also get I don't like mm -hmm. the secret character idea. Just, just tell me <laughs> what I could get. The next one is Monsters, Inc. Sully is the chaser. And then you've got... Um, what's the... I don't remember their names. Mike Wazowski. Mike. And then the little girl. Boo. Boo. And then, then the uh, mean Roz. secretary. Roz. And then this is... Uh, that car is the Monstropolis be, Transit Authority, which is actually the ride vehicle for the uh, Mike and Sully to the rescue. I would be bummed attraction. out if I got the truck. I'd be like, Ugh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't want that one. <laughs> I know, Watch me buy that. like three of them, and all three are the truck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just my luck. And I think they have one one surprise for this collection. Mm -hmm. And then they have a new one, which is for the new Mickey's Runaway Railway. The, the chaser is Engineer Goofy. And then they have the train engine, which I actually would enjoy getting the train engine because he's adorable. And then they have Mickey and Minnie riding their little car. And then they have the bird, which is one of the main characters, Cupy, which was created just for the ride. And then Daisy, who's a prominently featured character in the attraction she has her own dance studio in the attraction and then we have the food of the parks which is a snow cone a turkey leg 
popcorn or a churro and the chaser is the mickey waffle and there's no surprise for this one you, you're gonna yeah. get one of these for sure mm -hmm. And then they have a few other one-off ones that I don't have the pictures for. Like, they have one of the hitchhiking ghosts that you can buy and different Mickeys and everything. We just like to talk about the any of the fun merchandise that we approve of and we think is cute. So yeah, we thought we'd talk fun. about this one, right? Next story, Alan Menken, famed composer and songwriter, has just recently put out his own website. Which is basically like a resume, like an like a glorified resume, because it just shows his different works and different things that he's done and audio clips of the music he's written for Disney and otherwise. It's got some little shop of horrors stuff and some other things as well, but it's a really cute website. It's really well designed yeah, and put together. Well yeah, I really enjoy going through it. So if you're bored, you don't have anything to do right now, go surf his website, go check it out. Here's what the, the homepage looks like. Yeah, if so you cute. actually go to the site, it plays a really fun little clip before. I mean, you can skip the clip if you want to, but if you don't, it's a really cute little clip that has different songs that he's written. Which is one of them that we're hearing right now. Very yeah. We couldn't have timed it better. <laughs> Next story, face masks. Disney is putting out different collections of reusable cloth face masks that are in compliance with the, you know, what they're supposed to have. But they're not medical grade. Yeah. They're for home use. And um, they're also going to be um, uh, donating profits to um, MedShare through September 30th. So that's an organization, I guess, that helps doctors with, I guess, um, people who need face masks and things like that. Supplies so it's like sort of, that, yeah. right, yeah. And these are adorable. They are. And they're good for children because it's very yeah. intimidating when people are wearing face masks. So either if you have children around you or you are a child, it would be m much more, you know, comforting to have this type of face mask rather than a white, surgical-looking, scary-looking face mask for sure. Yeah. So... I mean, it reminds me of when in World War II in England when they had um, gas masks shaped like Mickey Mouse mm. for yeah. children <laughs> because it was scary. Yeah. I mean, that's a little bit more of an extreme example, but I mean, it's similar in the idea behind it. Yeah, so these uh, cloth face masks, you can buy a four-pack for um, $20, and they're yeah. actually in pre-order right now. And uh, when I, this story first came out, I went and pre-ordered a, a couple of them. They come in different sizes, so you can get them for right. children. And know, each um, pack is a different theme. Right. They're small, medium, and large sizes. You know, they have, uh, you can see Star Wars, Marvel, uh, Which ones Toy Story, Mickey and Minnie, Princesses, Baby Yoda, 
you know, all of those. Which ones did you buy pre-order? So, I pre-ordered the Mickey and Minnie, of course. That's, yeah. To me, that's the best pack. And then I right. also did order a Marvel pack. I'm surprised you didn't get the ones with the big faces, because one of them is one of your favorites, Marie. I know, it's Marie. Yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I just kind of like the, like the, the classic ones. So our Our final story is a book that's coming out soon called Holiday Magic at the Disney Parks. And it doesn't just talk about Christmas. I'm sure a large portion of it is about Christmas. But it also talks about the other holidays like Halloween and Los Dias de Muertos and all those good things. And, uh, so when is it coming out, Ruthie? Coming out in October. And this is, you know, published with, uh, by Disney Publishing. So with the help of, uh, you know, the Disney archives and things like that, they're, um, you know, they have a whole bunch of really nice, um, and pictures it, of all the yeah, different decorations. It's, a, it's that not a, it's not, it's, I'm sure it has text in it, but it's primarily a picture yeah. book. It's a coffee table right. book. And it's huge. It's 384 pages. It's it's right. extensive. So. so this is the kind of thing that you want to just, if you really enjoy the parks at any sort of holiday time, you want to have this book out so you can just flip through at any time, which is why I pre-ordered the book. <laughs> yeah. So that brings us to the close of another episode of Dateline Jiminy Crickets, and I hope you all enjoyed us uh, bringing you news again. And uh, thankfully, it was mostly good news. Yes. Ruthie, do you have any? Uh, or actually, do you, oh, I'm I'm forgetting my normal what I normally say right now. It's been so long. <laughs> it's right? been so long. Uh, where can everybody find Jiminy Crickets on the web? You can listen to all of our past shows, including audio versions of Dateline Jiminy Crickets, on our website, J Cricket podcast.blogspot.com You can also listen to us on iTunes under the name Jiminy Crickets that's with an exclamation point and be sure to leave us a 5 star review On our YouTube channel we share updates to the Disney Chris website including the Disneyland Magical Audio Tour as well as past episodes of the Jiminy Crickets podcast and Dateline Jiminy Crickets You can find our channel if you search for DisneyChris.com and remember, .com is spelled out D-O-T-C-O-M. And don't forget to subscribe and click on the notification bell. You can also join in the conversation over on our Facebook page, Jiminy Crickets Podcast, where you can not only interact with Chris and me and all of our fellow cricketeers, but you can stay up to date on all of the latest details of our many worldwide web endeavors. In addition to the normal places you have always found our podcast you can now also find us at the Roarbots, a unique website celebrating all aspects of geek culture including disney fandom here we share all of our new episodes twice monthly as well as special best of episodes from our extensive back catalog of shows we are proud to be a part of this motley crew of pop culture superfans so be sure to check out this amazing website at www.theroarbots.com if you would like to contact the show with your comments or questions, our email address is DisneyChrisDOTCOM at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. 
on Instagram. We are Disney Chris underscore JC underscore podcast. On Twitter, I can be found at Disney Chris 73. On Facebook, Ruthie can be found under the name Ruthie Brown, and I can be found under the name Chris Linden. That's L-Y-N-D-O-N, as in Lyndon Johnson. My website, again, is DisneyChris.com. Our Patreon, again, is Patreon.com slash DisneyChris. And if you want to give a one-time donation or a recurring donation via PayPal, you can find that at uh, DisneyChris.com slash donate.html. You can find all of our donation options there, as well as a link to our web store with our merchandise. So, in closing, I would like to, again, thank you all for your continued support of all of our worldwide web endeavors. And, Ruthie, do you have any final words? Of course, to quote Walt Disney, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, dreams are forever. And always let your conscience be your guide. Now it's time to say goodbye. soon why because we like you